0: It hey, come in and meet man, you all see me
1: eat now. Hit on the meat, man. Y'all to see me eat now. I got jaws like a bear trap, a teeth like a razor. I made a tag tongue with a sensitive taste. I born out in Texas called the land of beef. Never catch a nothing greener showing the hell the like I mean i the meat man. Y'all
2: see me eat man.
3: This week I have a pretty interesting interview. It's all about the Colvin scholarship uh, which is something that sort certified angus beef gives to students all over the country who are studying uh, meat science and veterinarians even more exciting was one of the texas a&m students i got to meet was chandler Steele, super interesting young woman and also part of many of the things that you might be trying to get into like barbecue town halls or barbecue camp brisket camp uh you know she she got to attend a lot of these things and knows a lot about breaking down uh, beef. Kylie Phillips uh, went to college in Florida and is now a graduate student uh, and is using her Colvin scholarship towards uh, her education and and being an even better member of the meat community. And Kara Lee actually works for Certified Angus Beef and was a Colvin scholarship winner over 10 years ago. So gives you a good range of the people that this has helped the people that have been given an opportunity to be an even stronger part of our community whether they're creating the beef cooking the barbecue uh it's it's just super cool to have a conversation with these three women and they are uh they're super interesting so i hope you enjoy this i had a great time talking to them enjoy this episode thank you for
4: watching and or listening to the best barbecue show. Uh, I am here still covering the certified Angus beef conference, talking to some of the experts on the best beef in the world. I think, uh, I'm here with Kara Lee of, uh, CAB, uh, Kylie Phillips and Chandler Steele who are recipients of the Colvin scholarship. Is that correct? You can talk into the mic. (laughs) Everyone's a little shy, but we'll get there. Uh, so a uh, a wildcat, a gator, and an Aggie walk into a bar. Can you finish that joke for me?
2: Everybody goes home with a good steak. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it,
4: it's interesting to see how there's so many different people. The the diversity at this conference is really interesting, but it's also a great place to learn about beef. How did uh, anyone can take this off the bat? But how did you all get into the beef industry?
1: Yeah. So. Uh, My name is Chandler Steele, I grew up on my family's cow-calf operation in Central Michigan. Um, I headed out to college at Oklahoma State University for my bachelor's degree in animal science, Um, graduated in 2017 and went on to grad school at Texas A&M to get my master's degree in meat science with kind of a beef quality and food safety focus there. Um, so I grew up on my family's uh, cow-calf operation in Central Michigan, so I was always surrounded by cattle production. Uh, we raised Herefords and I showed all around the, the Midwest and it was a great way to grow up. And so naturally, I just kind of wanted to go to college and kind of focus on agriculture and how I could contribute to the ag industry because uh a great way to grow up and uh, always love getting back to my roots, which really, when it comes down to it, is really beef cattle.
4: Cool and kylie phillips your you went to school in florida tell us about that
1: i did so i grew up in central
0: florida um, not from an ag background at all um, no real family background i guess we were involved in 4-h and ffa but that was kind of the extent of it um, so no strong family ties to agriculture but i knew that i wanted to be an animal sciences major i just didn't know exactly what i wanted to do with it when i got the degree um, and so i took a meat science class that was required for my degree and fell in love with it and joined meat judging team um took an internship with a cisco specialty meat company and i kind of went from there stayed on that track um i graduated with an undergrad in animal science in may just this past year and i started grad school over the summer in july working on a very similar beef quality type um, meat science degree
4: amazing and Lee, you uh You are also a Colvin Scholarship winner from 10 years ago?
2: Oh Gosh, time gets away. It's been more than (laughs) 10 years, because I've actually been employed with certified Angus beef for the last 10 years. Wow! Um, So I grew up on my family's registered and commercial Angus cow-calf operation in Southern Indiana. Went to the University of Kentucky for an ag communications degree, thinking I wanted to work in livestock marketing. And um, most people can think about that one college professor who was really, really influential in their college career. Um, For me, mine was Dr. Greg Renfro. He was my meat science professor. And um, one semester of class with him really just inspired me to look for a career that married my love for the live cattle business and the meat side of the business. And I've been with Certified Angus Beef since the spring or summer, rather, of 2009. Um, And today I have the opportunity to work on the live cattle side of that branded beef program. Um, So Colvin Scholarship, I think it was around maybe 2007, 2008.
4: Amazing, and so this scholarship, uh, it's a big deal. There's gonna be an auction tonight to raise money for it, correct?
2: So the uh, the Colvin Scholarship Fund is actually named after the Certified Angus Beef's uh, first executive director, Mr. Mick Colvin, who served the brand for more than 20 years. He was a pioneer in in all the right ways back in a time when branded beef had had never been done before. And for the last several years, the Colvin Scholarship Fund has been a way to really give back to the next generation of pioneers, if you will, whether it's folks who want to go back to their family farm or ranch and stay in the cattle business, um, young people who are looking to go into meat science research or somewhere else in the, the beef or animal science industry and um, it's, uh, it's something that folks in our entire certified Angus beef brand licensee base have embraced, whether it's a specialty meat company, a retailer, uh, or folks on the cattle production side of the business. They're very passionate about it. And uh, this auction that you mentioned tonight, I have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of excitement in the room uh, for the reason of being able to contribute to a cause like that.
4: And this is a scholarship uh, that's awarded almost $250,000 already. Uh, I have some stats in front of me. There's over 600 applications, 76 recipients. Uh, so it, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, this is really helping drive people through. Is it is it generally agricultural students that apply for it?
2: Typically, it is. Whether it's you know students of an ag background or even you know a non-ag background but have a passion for pursuing some kind of career or further education in um, in the agriculture meat science industry.
4: Now, Chandler, uh, a lot of the listeners apply and try to get into barbecue camp, into brisket <laughs> camp, into some of the things that I think you probably had a lot of access to as a student. Uh, what was it like, you know, going to studying these kinds of things, but at, you know, in the center of barbe- of the barbecue world?
1: Yeah, so being from Michigan, I did not know a whole lot about barbecue, so it was definitely kind of a cultural awakening uh, for me to go down to Texas and learn a bit about their favorite cook methods of all things that are beef. You know, brisket is the staple of, of pretty much everything they do down there. So to kind of be a, a helper and a, and a teacher at those events, but also be a listener and a learner uh, was something that was incredibly, uh, really rewarding for me. Um, I learned as much as I could. Um, still have a lot to learn about barbecue, but it was a great experience to be able to learn a little bit more about how they utilize some of the beef cuts and. Um, we definitely did use CAB products at some of those some of those events, and uh, we really emphasized uh, meat quality um, as one of the main factors in eating experience, uh, especially in the barbecue arena. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks that down there that use you know high high quality uh, briskets, especially for for their operations. So, um, being a part of the barbecue program down there was was something really special, and um, would encourage anybody to get involved in that if they want to learn more about barbecue. Have
4: you cooked much brisket?
1: Not myself. Um, I have I've trimmed a lot of briskets. Let me tell you, yeah. Which so. is a
4: valuable skill in well, Texas.
1: Yes, it is. So I did, the, you know, work on the front end, and I and I let the pitmasters do all the uh, the smoking on the other end. So
4: that's amazing. Uh, so Kylie, what was it like when you realized you were getting a Colvin scholarship?
0: Yeah, this is actually um, lucky enough for me. The second one that I've received. So um, it's been really neat for me. I guess don't I come from Florida so it's not the same as being in Texas um, but Florida's interesting in its own way that obviously there's a ton of tourism um, and so the food service side of things is really large um, and so I was lucky enough early on to be able to work with the Cisco Specialty Meat Company, Buckhead Meat of Florida, um, who we sell a bunch of certified Angus beef and so that kind of got me familiar with the brand and I got to meet a couple people that worked for the brand and would come into the plant, um, see that side of things and so then to be able to get a scholarship and get to come to something like this where I could meet other people who are interested in food service and um, really neat from a networking perspective for sure. and obviously extremely blessed to have gotten money towards a degree and um, college is expensive so every bit helps it was very nice from that perspective as well
4: and for all of you i mean is there a is there a time where you realized you wanted to get into this business uh was it from birth was it you know family ranches uh feel free to, to jump in any of you
2: yeah for me working for certified angus beef honestly feels like I'm still in the family business. Uh, my, my dad and my younger sister are in business together on our family farm. Um, when I was a young kid, my dad and my grandfather would finish cattle in our small feed lot, and at the time they were selling cattle to a licensed certified Angus beef packer in Louisville, Kentucky. And I remember our cattle buyer, Taking me back, you know, we'd go through the cooler, we'd have the opportunity to, to look at graded carcasses, and today one of my favorite pictures that sits in my home office in Northeast Kansas is a picture of a carcass from cattle that my family raised that has the Certified Angus Beef roll up one side and the USDA Prime roll up the other, and that was probably close to a decade before the Certified Angus Beef Prime brand extension even existed. So it's something that's uh, it has been very near and dear to my heart, and even though you know, I'm not on the farm with my dad every single day being able to go to work and contribute to this brand is that, that's the family business to me. And uh, it's just extra special that it was something that was able to help me pay for my college to be able to come and do this all the time.
4: And and you finished college debt free, is that correct?
2: I did. Uh, I know not everyone is is fortunate enough to say that, um, but through you know programs like the Colvin Scholarship Fund, the American Angus Association, our parent company um, also has an Angus Foundation that has a very generous scholarship uh, has very generous scholarship opportunities to to other young Angus youth. Um, both of those were programs who, that were very beneficial to me, um, and it really just allowed me as a young professional coming out of school in the spring of 2009, right after the economy had crashed, finding jobs wasn't necessarily easy, and I was able to to jump into my career with a tremendous amount of focus and really focus on learning and getting better at my job and getting high-quality mentoring from my coworkers versus uh, being, being stymied and kind of smothered in that debt load.
4: Now, do you all interact a lot as far as between Certified Angus Beef and the scholarship winners? Do you guys get you know each other from before now or did you all meet at the conference
2: i actually i had the chance to meet kylie um gosh it was the first time last winter so we do a a youth beef leader seminar every year at our culinary center in worcester ohio and uh, kylie was one of our applicants for that program as well where we bring in college students from across the country who Want to learn more about the meat science side of the cattle business, and I, I think that was the first time that we I met. So. Um, but I know, I mean, we've got a ton of mutual connections as we kind of got to visiting just through her experience with some of the specialty meat companies, and uh, even some of the you were telling me earlier this week some of the graduate student research you're getting ready to uh, you're getting ready to start working on, and kind of how that's integrated in the food service business. Yeah, this is it's all one it's lucky one that it all ties family. together. Yeah, that's small that.
0: world.
4: Well, and I was excited to see uh, a a banner with y'all's pictures. I didn't realize that you would be here. So it was fun to see, you know, an Aggie show up. It was fun to see people. I was like, oh, I I just thought it was advertising and y'all were at school studying. But it's great that you're here. And uh, do you have any highlights? You know, we're kind of coming to the end. Tonight's the auction. Do you have a favorite meal you ate or anything you want to talk about? It's been a pretty nice
1: opening night meal with the fire theme. Yeah. I've seen meat cooked a lot of ways, but never quite on a swing like that. That was very new, Um, but it was awesome. Everything we we tried, we're like, oh, it can't get better, and it just kept getting better every time. So uh, I had to recover, I had to eat some salad, Um, but now I'm back, ready to go for, I'm sure what's gonna be another great meal tonight.
4: Yeah, in fact, the Gadbros kind of walked by as we were starting this interview, so Mm -hmm. it's great to see all these big names and beef and barbecue and chefs just kind of hanging out this whole weekend, or this, I keep wanting to say weekend, it's Monday through Wednesday, <laughs> uh, are you, uh, what are y'all excited about it as far as being in this industry? I mean, are, are you two thinking of certified Angus beef as a, as a job prospect? Are you going into more ranching or, uh, tell us about kind of your future plans?
0: So I've got a little bit, um, two years probably, until I'm actually looking for a job, but uh, definitely want to stay connected with the meat science side of things. Um, I really enjoyed the food service work that I've done. Uh, I mentioned that I didn't come from a production background, but I got the chance to take some really great beef production classes during my undergrad. Uh, so I'm definitely interested in kind of marrying the two together, um, being able to, to kind of work between the producer and the consumer because um, it all ties together. Like we said, it's a small world. So I think it's just exciting, whether it be working for certified Beef or some sort of a licensed partner that distributes product. Um, I mean, right now, even as a grad student, it's like I'm being paid to do what I love. So hopefully that'll continue with a career in the future. And um, I think it'll just be this great as it moves
1: forward. So it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Uh, I received this graduate student scholarship right as I was ending my graduate school career, my second year, so I actually wrapped up my degree in May um, and I've since started a career in the meat science uh, sector of the industry, so always something that I aspired to do as I was working towards my graduate degree. Uh, so I work in the research and development part of the industry now, um, so using a lot of that you know, science and, and really te- technological uh, knowledge that I gained in, in grad school. So. Um always looking forward to, you know, producing protein for the consumer. I think that's an end result for, for all of us. That's kind of our end goal. So uh, I'm really lucky and blessed that I get to do that every day as a career now.
4: Are you still in Texas or?
1: I am not. I am uh, up at Tyson Foods in Springdale, Arkansas at their corporate campus. Um, so working up there in their research and development section.
4: How does that compare to the, the concrete jungle of uh, Bryan College Station? Of oh, Bryan
1: College Station. Um, it, there's a lot more trees. I'll give you that. Uh, not so much humidity, uh, no, no triple digit temperatures so far. So uh, it's, been, it's been a change. I'm glad to get back to the Midwest and, and kind of leave the, the heat behind. But I'm sure I'll venture back sooner than later. Arkansas is a
4: beautiful state.
1: It is. It's very beautiful. And the natural state is what they're telling me. So. <laughs>
4: yeah, I've spent a lot of time up there riding motorcycles and camping. And it's kind of the first place, I think, to run away from the heat, to because mm-hmm. the weather gets real nice as soon it's as beautiful. you cross the border. So y'all come from different backgrounds, uh, but you, you all came together for this certified Angus beef conference. Um, is there, you know, were you, as at Texas A and M, obviously there's a lot of people in agriculture, food science. Is that at university of Florida, <laughs> is it the same way? It
0: varies, um, to be such a tourism driven state and to be kind of. The travel destination and the beach, you'd be surprised. Um, There's a a good pocket in South Florida that's pretty rural where we'd have quite a few kids that would come with an ag background and come into the animal science department. But it's also neat that there's quite a bit of diversity. Um, I'm not uncommon in that department, uh, being from a non traditional ag background and kind of becoming interested. It happens a lot. And I think that that's interesting and I think it's a different perspective and it takes all kinds of people to connect with a consumer. So I think that that's neat that kind of similar as to how this conference was set up. I mean, you had producers and you had people that are in retail, people that are in food service, where students and everyone can kind of come together for a a common goal. Um, So I think it's similar. I mean, I'm used to that, I guess, and diversity um, on our campus, for sure.
4: Uh, Now, Kara, you work with the production and supply and education. So you get to work with some of the youth you're also working with uh, producers, packers. Uh, I'm curious because I have a strong social media background. I'm doing all these things. You've got two college kids here who uh, definitely use Instagram and all those things. Are you seeing uh, the industry using you know more modern media to, to talk about the brand? Uh, me and uh, Dr. Place were talking about hashtag cow facts earlier. We thought that was a fun one, but are you seeing that or is it more still the youth?
2: Yeah, but honestly, between you and the college students, I'm probably the least qualified person at this table right now to talk nice. about the expert of social media. Um, but I, I would say yes, by and large, whether it's our own um, Certified Angus Beef Cattleman Connection, which is our producer audience facing web presence from Instagram at CAB Cattle or um, on our Facebook page, Twitter. Um, we, we are using those social media platforms as are several other facets of the cattle industry um, to disperse information to folks who are interested in learning more about how to manage cattle towards a high-quality endpoint. Um, in a lot of ways it's how we can con- continue to connect with our audience um, far and wide, connect with the younger audience. Uh, we, we see a lot of one-on-one engagement. Um, I'm I'm certainly not the person or the or the biggest part of the team that makes that happen, Um, but I I know that it's an incredibly important part of our business today Um, and I I don't see it going away by any stretch.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's here to stay. Oh, it is
2: and you know, we're whether you're in the cattle business or the meat business or the food business, you're in the people business and I think a lot of times social media just it, it connects people in ways that that we didn't 10 or 15 years ago. And um, it's just another way that we can continue to to make connections with folks.
4: Yeah. And I have the pleasure of connecting people in Saudi Arabia, uh, all over the United States, the Philippines, Australia, and I I know I'm missing a few, but I've been getting, I've been putting up a ton of stories. So my Instagram is just full of inbound messages, questions, asking people about certified Angus beef, uh, the grading, the supply. Uh, Someone asked about a shortage, but I don't think there's been a shortage of beef in a long time. So I kind of had to send that back his way and be like, I I, I need to know what you're referencing because I I don't don't think you got it right. You might be talking about pork or something else. Uh, But for um, Chandler and Kylie, do you you tend to hang out? Like are your friends also agricultural people or are you kind of like the meat expert in your group of friends?
1: We get a lot of questions, I'm sure, uh, when it comes to, you know, dinners and, you know, how to cook certain cuts of meat or, you know, what's the best value. You know, college students don't have much money, so we're trying to maximize <laughs> our our value for quality. Um, but I, I mean, I think, you know, it's pretty common for us to have a group of friends with like interests, um, but I think it's also important to have a really good diverse group of people to surround yourself with to get a different perspective. I mean, um, some of my friends have no ag background at all and they're oftentimes great, pers- have a great perspective on the industry and you know what they're wanting as a consumer. And it's just things that we, we tend to not think about when we get a little pigeonholed with with uh, like-minded folks around us. So I think it's great to you know reach out to just kind of the common everyday consumer um, and that's easy to do in a friend group. So I think important to have a little bit of both.
4: But they make you pick the steaks. Yes, <laughs> always.
0: I think the bigger thing with me has been family. Um, I have lots of friends at school that are also animal science majors who have taken some of the same classes. But um, I get grandparents and aunts and uncles, and we come to the grocery store with me. What's this? Should I buy a chuck steak or a ribeye? Or um, so it's fun. I think either way you look at it, uh, I like the education part of stuff. Uh, that's fun for me, but. Yeah, even at home on, on Thanksgiving or on Christmas or lots of questions.
4: So. And uh, speaking of hashtag cow facts, are there any big realizations, big things you learned? I mean, I was sitting and uh, looking at graphs and charts and predictions and, uh, you know, Randy was doing some, Dr. Place was just killing it with all these ideas and it was sad that their their section got cut short but i got an extra hour with her myself so i got to pick her brain what, what are y'all learning or what are y'all taking away from this weekend besides the knowledge you brought with you
0: i definitely am a big fan of any cattle facts session anywhere that i'm at um i think as students we learn a lot but it's hard when you're at a university to always stay up to date with what's actually current in the industry sometimes so i always enjoy those and Um, hearing about prices of corn and kind of where everything's trending and where it's moving. I feel like it keeps me connected with what's actually happening outside of the university.
1: Yeah, I I would echo the same thing. I mean, Randy's presentations are always just a great way to gather information about what's going on in the industry in kind of a concise way. Um, I think what's kind of resonated with me the most is all the recognitions that have been given over the last couple of days. I mean, especially from a producer, Uh, perspective or standpoint, it's kind of sometimes a real thankless part of the industry, and so to get those producers up on stage and see those videos that they produced, uh, you know, just them explaining what they do every day and and getting to get recognized for, for all their hard work over the years was something really special, I think, for them, but also really cool to see from where we're sitting.
4: Well, And people are winning these brands that are super cool on a plaque with the Certified English Beef logo. Uh, I don't think anyone's ever going to use them, but they're, it's a beautiful piece to put in an office, and I was actually talking with the staff and uh, the ones, because I noticed on stage, they were kind of handing it back and forth, but Mm -hmm. no one was taking it with them, and they actually coordinated it, so everyone, uh, this, this conference ends today, tomorrow and Thursday, almost everyone is going to have theirs landing at their doorstep, so they literally get to go home and arrive with their award.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure that TSA PreCheck <laughs> is gonna be on board with some of those branding irons. They, they are really cool awards, and Chandler, man, I appreciate your comments on those because when when we work with cattle, the Cattlemen especially, those are the awards that I have the opportunity to work the closest with. Um, so I had the opportunity to be on stage this morning presenting some of those awards. And so you, there's like this, split second moment where the winners have not come up yet and the lights out there are really bright, so you can not hardly see anyone. (laughs) But um, this year our commitment to excellence winners in the seed stock category. So these are registered Angus breeders um, who they are where the brand starts, where high quality cattle starts. It's a couple from Idaho I've had the the great fortune of knowing them for for quite a while have always admired what they do this year they're celebrating their 100th year in business as a ranch and I look down it gives me cold chills even thinking about it. I look down and I see Art and Stacey Butler holding hands getting ready to walk up on stage and Stacy's just wiping a tear of joy out of her eye because you can see the pride that they have in this and you know we talk about Randy Block's presentation, man, that I'm, I swear that guy's forgotten more probably in the last week <laughs> than I may know in my life about the cattle markets. But as as history goes, whether you're a rancher or a cattle feeder or a packer or in food service or retail, it's not pretty. It's not real normal where every one of those segments is making the same amount of money at the same time. Depending on what the market does, there's some fluctuation. We all kind of take our turn as winners and losers and to see that much variety of the business in the same room here in the same market reports and realizing that what goes on here with this brand and with the high quality consumer demand everyone gets to walk away a winner from the 100 year old ranches to the family meat companies who have been in business for three generations it's just it's pretty darn special
4: yeah, and I I was lucky enough to also see that the tear getting wiped, and it was it was beautiful to see because not I mean the the thing that brought a tear to her eye was the beautiful presentation, the 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 produced video that was created for them, uh, and it's cool that you all go out there and and really cover the people doing this. You 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 have beautiful cinematography of these ranchers. Uh, is that what part of one of the things you do at? Uh, Cab?
2: So I, I have the opportunity to work pretty closely with selecting the correct winners. Nice. Um, so our, uh, I say correct, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. There's so many good folks out there who, are, who are worthy. Um, we do have a producer communications team. Um, they, they work very closely with the script writing. I would say the hardest part of their job is editing those scripts down because they'll go out and spend a day, sometimes two days with those folks and those families. And there's so much great content. And we, we've got a, a tight window to hit for those two minutes. Videos and it's kind of painful some of the great content they have to cut out of those. Um, I will tell you we've been given these awards for many many years, but really have only been doing those production videos for, gosh, maybe the last five years. And uh, the reason we started that is because we we presented these awards as a way to get more ranchers and cattle feeders to our conference to integrate with other folks and we realize that just expecting them to you know bump into someone at the hotel bar and have a meaningful conversation just doesn't do it justice and so those videos are really a way to tell their story better. And I would argue that since we started doing those videos, it causes our licensees to want to seek those people out. It's really great to see how many folks at the, at the break, at the end of the session, they'll come up towards the front of the room and find those award winners and just be like, man, congratulations and thank you for what you do. Um, I think it just helps to bridge that gap a little better.
4: Well, <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm always really curious about, uh, you know, as a beef professional, Kara, like. Are you also kind of seen as the, the resource in your friend group? Are you out there kind of, the, 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 the climate, the, uh, the impact of cattle is kind of being pushed in this way where everyone kind of ignores the amazing efficiency that uh, uh, one cow can turn something we can not eat into something we can eat. Is that something that you all are kind of the advocates in your group about, or is that kind of known to the people around you?
2: Yeah, it's kind of like what Chandler and Kylie were saying. It, it depends on the group. Um, as you're ten, ten years in the beef business, kind of you, you build your friend group around a lot of the people you've had the opportunity to meet. And um, sometimes you're sitting around, and we just create this great carnivorous circle of friends. So we're, <laughs> we're, we are meat eaters, meat eaters. And uh, within that group, it would be man, I would feel arrogant to say that I was the resource because I'm surrounded by some folks who uh, who are just tremendous mentors and know a whole lot more than I do. But uh, they, they kind of help, like iron sharpens iron. As uh, as I get into some more diverse groups, um, they make me better and being more well educated about not not well educated, but uh, more well versed in how to have those conversations with folks who who do want to learn more. Um, you know, the the word advocacy. Um, you can be as intentional about it as you want to be or it can be just an organic conversation whether it's you know some family members or folks you sit next to on the airplane or someone at the grocery store who just you know looks at this brown steak, like it's got six heads and they don't know what to do with it Um, or even just an off-the-cuff comment you know my my husband and I um, we raise commercial Angus cattle in northeast Kansas as well and we have some some landlords who we work with they're fabulous people they appreciate how we manage the land Um, they don't come from an ag background they don't have a meat science background an animal science background they're just happy to have someone who um, they see they care about the land, they care about the, the ecosystem and they see that we handle our cattle well. And uh, when they have questions about, you oh, know, I don't don't really know what to do with this cut of meat or, you know, I saw that you had to, to doctor a cow for this. Why did you have to do that? Um, when you when you have some semblance of credibility and you show people that you care, um, they sit up and listen. It's, it's not a controversial thing at all. It's just, we're all just here to have a conversation.
4: Yeah, I, I, I tend to think that if I'm if I'm around too many people who agree with me, I start to get nervous because I'm from New York and we like to fight a lot. <laughs> so, I, I prefer a little disagreement between people, and I, I throw barbecues with people and I make vegetables. I always provide at least one, usually two, uh, you know, non-meat dishes because you, you know we, like you said, you, you have to eat a salad. Yeah. You know, we have to take breaks. Um, sometimes, like last night, we were, we were eating this amazing meal from uh, from uh, Chef Gavin and. I, I was eating more of the vegetables than anything else because it was kind of our third meat course and I needed to, you made this crazy potato that was stacked and double cooked and you know, the, the there's a lot you can do with everything and cooking a great steak is just as good as, you know, some, some awesome kale with cheeses and butters and... Uh, Are you all, you all have a favorite thing that you cook or do you have a favorite trick or, you know, like a tallow is a big thing, uh, for me right now. And in Texas, because it's a good way to use a fat, um, Mm. repurpose it for other things. Do you all have something that you learned throughout your, uh, Mm.
0: I guess I can start. I cook a decent bit. Um, it's definitely the friend in the group that cooks dinner and everyone comes to my house. Um, Oftentimes we don't get home as grad students, as most of us are. now we kind of made that transition and you're supposed to sit in your office until like five and act like you are really working or doing something <laughs> in there. Um, so we don't get home early enough often that you know a big three course meal is like feasible. Um, but I've started recently using um, an instant pot. I love using a pressure cooker, especially for beef dishes. Um, I can cook a whole roast in like 30 minutes for everybody so I'm a big fan of that and kind of the ease and convenience it provides me as a student and it doesn't hurt that I can sometimes buy cheaper cuts of beef and the instant pot helps them out a little bit (laughs) again if we go back to the college budget um, there's not always a ton of room for really high quality beef like you'd probably want Um, but I have fun with that and and do a decent bit of, of cooking.
4: I, I love the instant pot i think it's one of the most magical things you can put in your kitchen you can yes. i cook a lot of uh stocks and things so you can just set it for 20 hours and walk away that's pretty cool mm-hmm. chandler
1: yeah uh any of my friends will tell you that i'm not the chef of the group um which is interesting because i work in kind of a more culinary focused role now um so i'm learning I'm, I'm getting there um something i've kind of really taken a liking to recently is cast iron cooking. I uh, finally got a good cast iron to work with. Um, so anytime I can do any kind of steak or um, really, you can throw anything in there and it turns out great. So um, it's kind of easy peasy there. But um, yeah, I love grilling too. Um, just any kind of weekend, you know, grad school, we didn't have much time during the week to, to get a good, you know, hearty meal cooked, but loved a good like weekend tailgate grilling uh, situation. That was always one of my favorites.
4: Uh, and the, the fans will appreciate because we haven't talked much about cooking uh, this whole week. Uh, we've been talking about beef. We've been talking about science. Uh, are are you all are you all on any kind of news feeds? Do you feel like you get these? Are you looking at spreadsheets? Are you more in your industry? Uh, I know Kylie, you said you're you're teaching, and also studying. Yes, that's uh, correct. Chandler, you're working at mm-hmm. Tyson. Yes. And care obviously you're killing it at at Cab. So what do y'all interact with on a daily basis? What's, what's, what's a day in your life look like?
0: Um, so mine, I, I go to class um (laughs) that that was for your professor right yeah yeah exactly I go and I sit in the classes and I listen um no but I do I, I take a couple classes it's kind of an interesting you go from being an undergrad where you have all of this freedom and flexibility and you go to your class but then you can go home and take a nap if you want and then you get to grad school and it's like you sit in class and then like I said you're supposed to sit in your office and act like you're being productive doing something a lot of times you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to be productive at um But yeah, so I'm taking a couple grad level meat classes, which are fun. Um, So that's kind of the start of the day. And then I teach um, our introductory meats class uh, to freshmen predominantly. So it's a 2000 level, meant to be an intro. It's called The Meat We Eat. And so I'm supposed to cover everything from ground zero, kind of a quick flash of every part of the industry, ultimately what you would want a consumer to know. So it's been really interesting for me because a lot of these kids that are in the class now aren't necessarily animal science majors, they just kind of thought that it sounded interesting and they wanted to learn more about the industry which I definitely applaud. A lot of times those ones end up having more opinions on things and they want to talk and hold more conversations and ask about implants and quality grades and what is a nitrate and why is that in my meat and so we get to have a lot of those fun conversations. And then there's some others that would be animal science majors and you kind of get to start them on that first path uh, towards whatever they think they're gonna be interested in and and give them kind of that intro look. So that's kind of the other half of my day is I get to work with them and that's been super rewarding to be able to share what I had learned through my undergrad and all of the interest that I've accumulated and kind of the passion that I have for this industry and um, get to share it with other people so
1: yeah absolutely um, at Am I did have quite a few teaching responsibilities as well in addition to you know research and extension activities like you know the barbecue camps and, and beef 101s and things of that nature um, so I went from you know teaching and working with students every day to now being in industry and being able to utilize all of those skills that I, I acquired in grad school and in my undergrad so it's been a very interesting and kind of full circle perspective on you know entering the industry something I'd Really been striving for for six years of college, and now being actually you know living that reality every day um, has been a really cool transition. And you know working with folks that have been been in industry for. Decades and decades, and you know they have more knowledge that I could ever hope to to acquire over my time. So it's been a great learning experience so far.
4: Are you throwing on a jacket and walking the floor? Are You more working in an office?
1: Yeah. So I work at the the corporate uh, office there in Springdale. Um, so we do have a pilot plant that we're lucky enough to be able to work in. So on days when I need to make samples for a customer, um, I'll go down to the pilot plant and th- throw on a frock and and get my hands dirty, and then I'll pop back up to my desk and you know have a sales meeting or something like that so every day is a little different but uh i really enjoy the variety of it
4: and are you pretty comfortable with most aspects of butchering or
1: yes so uh beef is my my species of choice for sure Uh, at A&M, we led a lot of the Beef 101s and Beef 706 programs where we'd bring in folks, you know, a lot of folks that would be at this kind of program, you know, people from food service and retail and producers. Um, they just want to see, you know, if it's a producer, they want to see how that live animal translates into a carcass. You know, they watch the harvest process. Um, we'll get them in the, in the back of the room and get them all suited up and they'll actually fabricate a whole side of beef. So we'll walk them through, you know, all the different cuts, where they come from, how they they could sell them if you know if they're in the merchandising business. Um, so that was a great experience for me. I, I don't know a whole lot about poultry. Uh, I work in the poultry business now at Tyson. So I, I'm I'm slowly but surely learning a little bit more about, about poultry but beef is where I'm definitely most comfortable.
4: And you can keep a knife sharp?
1: Oh yes. It's uh. very important. It's your most important tool.
4: Is there a is there kind of a sweet spot? Is there something your favorite part of the butcher? I mean, if you can take a whole side down, is there is there a moment where you're like, oh, I got that ribeye just right? Or... Oh,
1: for me, it was uh, it was really armchucks. So breaking clods, it's one of the most difficult things to do on a, on a beef carcass. Uh, something I worked really hard at to learn, um, but it was the most challenging. And so I think that's why I, I enjoyed it. Everyone was just a little bit different, you know, depending on how heavy muscled they were and. Um, there's a lot of individual cuts that'll come out of a, a whole clod, so um, breaking that one down was always always my favorite thing to do.
4: Nice. And I just learned about the Denver uh, oh, steak and yes. hanger steaks. Yes. So I'm learning some of the butcher oh. cuts and Very and uh, nice. and forcing my my butchers and even if I end up at the grocery store, being like, hey, you got this thing that no one's ever heard of? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, I mean, you all are in education, but Kara, you're you're really helping people get educated on high-quality beef, uh, are you mostly working with the, the, the production and supply people? Do you kind of travel around? Are you mostly in Ohio at the main campus?
2: No, it's actually a great question. So I'm one of our remote employees for Certified Angus Beef. I work from my home in Kansas. Um, I spend a good chunk of my time, probably half my time, working on educational and training initiatives. for cattlemen and women, so whether it's developing content, lining up speakers for a feedlot conference, for folks who are feeding hundreds of thousands of head of cattle by the time you get all of them in the same room, um, all the way to developing marketing programs for registered Angus breeders who are selling high quality genetics to their commercial customers, essentially trying to set their customers up for success to hit a higher certified Angus beef acceptance rate with their fed cattle. Um, All of those would be initiatives that I spend a lot of my time on, but I do also spend probably 40 to 50 percent of my time doing beef industry education to our end users. So whether that's a group of food service distributors, restaurateurs, um, retailers, essentially anyone who wants to know what the heck goes into high quality beef production before it winds up in a box in the back of their warehouse that's where I get to step in. So um, we'll probably as a team coordinate roughly two dozen uh, farm or ranch tours across the country throughout a given year. Some of them will range from you know four or five hours with 150 people um, to a week long with 20 people where we're going to you know three or four ranches, we're going to feed yards, we're spending a morning in a packing plant. I mean we'll spend the week uh, with with the bare bones basics of what's the difference between a bull, cow, steer, and heifer talking about elementary vocabulary because that's that's where we lay a good foundation. Uh, My family gives me a hard time. I come from a family of educators. My mom, my sister, aunt, grandmother, and so many teachers in my family and they always told me that if if I had to work in the public school system I'd probably go to jail because they weren't sure I was cut out (laughs) for it. And uh, here I am and what do I do? I teach. I I teach but man I get to do it with students who want to be there, they want to learn, um, and really I, I get to do a lot of facilitating as much as anything because when I take a group of chefs out to a ranch, they don't want to hear me talk, they want to hear the ranchers talk. So I just get to kind of sit back and, and translate from lingo of one industry to lingo of the other and uh, and get to connect people.
4: That's incredible. Uh, I got so excited to listen I forgot what I wanted to ask <laughs> next. Uh, all right, so <clears throat> Uh, I have been, you know, uh, I, lately I've been targeting women in barbecue, but it's really not that hard to find them. They're everywhere. And I, with no progress or direction whatsoever, have probably had interviewed more women at this conference than men. Uh, so it, it's really interesting to see, you know, it sounds like you're doing an initiative, but the, the industry ha- seems to have a division of labor that's, that's almost more women or, or at least very, you know, even would you say?
1: I think that's very true even from an academic setting. Um, Incoming classes of the animal science departments at both Oklahoma State and A&M are, I would say, majority female now. Um, From a grad student perspective, uh, when I first started at Texas A&M, we had, um, I think we had 10 female grad students and one male. And so we, we always rooted that we were going to have the one guy that could be lift the heavy stuff, but um, really it was the majority female that were getting interested in meat science and getting back there and, you know, cutting up beef every day. And so um, I think that's definitely kind of where the industry has been heading over the last, you know, maybe five, ten years, um, but it's, it's exciting, I think. Same thing for you. Yeah, I think it's,
0: it's very similar, I guess, across all universities that I've come in contact with, we're probably 90% female in our department. Um, People joke that there are no guys to no guys to be friends with no one to find. They're just not there. (laughs) Um, But I think it's it's neat that it's there isn't a, a separation really in the industry. And I've been lucky enough to have lots of mentors that it didn't matter. If you wanted to do it and you wanted to learn how to do it and were willing to put in the time and the work, they would teach you whether it was something that was seen as a male's job because it was hard to do or it wasn't. Um, So, yeah, I think it's great that it's so equal opportunity. I mean, I think that's how it should be. If you know what you're doing and you're good at it, then,
2: then do it. I, I completely agree, Kylie. Even on the, the cattle production side, I think we, we're we a cattle business that they want good people. They don't want good men. They don't want good women. They just want good people. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. Um, I've arguably had as many or more male mentors go out of their way to help set me up for success in a career as anything because that's, you know, you don't, you don't see a gender, you just see talented people. And I yeah. I grew up in a family of three girls with a dad who never had a son <laughs> to pass the farm on to. And it didn't matter. He just he taught, taught us all the same as if he'd had three boys.
4: Well, and even, uh, you know, being invited here by Certified Angus Beef, uh, the the entire, um, everyone I've been corresponding to are, are women on the, uh, you know, uh, production team, the, the marketing team, uh, and most of them are actually bossing me and the other guys around <laughs> trying to get us to make sure we're in the right place. I was doing an interview earlier, and uh, Margaret had to hand me a little piece of paper, like, hey, it's lunchtime, like, wrap it up. <laughs> uh, and, and it's beautiful to see because the average person who doesn't understand the industry thinks that, you know, that, oh, it's it's ranch, it's old thinking, it's all this old stuff. And, I mean, I've met multiple women here who their husbands are the tag-along and they're the ones running the ranch and they're the ones waking up every morning and feeding the cattle and riding the horses. And uh, it, it's, a, it's strange that there's a misconception because the reality is so different. Do you, do you see... I mean, obviously, you're around people that, that understand this, but do you do you see misconceptions like that, or is it really like everyone gets it?
2: I think it kind of depends on the circle you're in. You know, I'm I'm sure there are always misconceptions in every industry. You know, somebody who doesn't have the best attitude, and those are always the ones that tend to get the highlight, the, the headlines. But uh, you know, in in ranching, especially. Um, You know whether whether it's a true partnership or it's the husband or the wife or the brother or the sister leading or following um, most anybody who's got a bone of humility knows that they didn't get there by themselves and they don't run that business by themselves whether it's their male or female counterpart who's keeping the books which it sounds menial but oh my goodness you take that person out and and things fall apart or it's the person who's making the the breeding decisions, the nutrition decisions. Um, I think people get it. Maybe we don't tell that story enough because everyone's just too busy keeping their head down and getting the work done. To to work. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like anything else, every now and then you'll find a misconception, but there's just a very high level of respect across the board.
4: Well, and obviously you all, you all have been in it so long, maybe you're not You you don't have an answer to this, but was there a time where you kind of had an idea of what things were, not necessarily gender, but just an idea of what the industry is, and then all of a sudden you got there and you're like, oh, this is totally different than I expected?
1: I did, absolutely. Uh, Coming from really a suburban area in Michigan, uh, it was very apparent to me from a young age that Most of the folks I went to school with had no idea where their food was coming from. They thought it came from the grocery store. Like They were not even picturing a farmer or rancher at all. Um, And so we, everyone loved coming to our farm, but I mean, I knew we were small. We were very small by anyone's definition. Uh, We really only had about 20 pairs at the most. And so when I went to Oklahoma, I was very, very excited to learn about agriculture in the heartland on a big scale. Um, you know, their farms and ranches out there are more than I could have ever thought. So that's part of the reason I chose to attend Oklahoma State was to really learn about beef production um, really from a true production perspective instead of more of the show side of things that I've been familiar with. Um, and I thought there's no better place than go right in the center of the U.S. where it's all started. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think definitely in my case, like I said, we didn't, I, I grew up on an acre um, you know, and outside of town, but not far outside of town, you know, it was a rural place. And you knew that there were cattle around and there was a dairy relatively close. You knew it was there. And then, like I said, we raised some animals to show for 4-H and FFA, but the actual production side of things, um, I had absolutely no idea how much actually went into it, how much decision making and time and actual education, how much these people know. And I think it just it always piles up on, I get to something new and I'm like, wow, it's the same everywhere. I mean, the production thing at first and then the first time I got into a plant on the meat judging team, you know, and you see all of these people that are doing all this work and they know so much about this and you're supposed to be going to school to learn about it, but they have 20 years of experience and I've got a couple classes under my belt. Um, And so I think it just always progresses. the funniest thing that would ever happen any time I've been at Buckhead, on working during my internship or going back of the times I've been there, the people that work in the production room and cut meat always look at me and they'll go to explain something and they'll say, well you probably already know, you take these classes, this is what you go to school for. And they have no idea that, I know some technical things and probably some science stuff, but there's so much that I've learned from these other people and it, it always hits me that they know so much more than I'll probably ever know with a degree from their experience and so yeah no idea i guess before i started this how much there actually was to know about this line of work this industry
4: and Kara,
2: you know whether it's coming from a suburban background or a small farm background um you i think you come out of your own background thinking you know everything there is to know about that tiny little bubble And the bubble is huge, whether it's the meat industry or the cattle industry. And um, even still today, one of my favorite things about my job is that I get to work with cattle producers from coast to coast and down to South Texas. Um, and it doesn't mean that one is more right or wrong than the other, but man, there is so much variety across the country. And whether I'm on a ranch with Angus breeders in Eastern Oregon, or visiting with an Angus producer on a small farm in Virginia who, you know, is maybe selling 25 or 30 bulls a year, those business models are going to be very, very different. And, and as a brand, especially as a brand who needs to be connected with, with cattle producers, um, Trying to help them all meet one common goal when you've got those really, really different business models and, and techniques of managing cattle, you've got to be able to meet them where they are and, and be relevant to their business. And so that's probably been the biggest learning curve for me is uh, trying to figure out how that piece of the puzzle can fit for everybody in you know the high desert of eastern Colorado to the southeastern coast, um, and the fact that you can target quality and still make it fit in your environment, um, that's something that every day you uh, you gotta, you have to continue to learn a little bit more about so that you can always be on the cutting edge of relevancy to those Angus breeders everywhere in the country.
4: Awesome. Well, it, it, it's, it's really, it, it's truly an, an honor to get to start, sit down with y'all. I wish I had an hour with each of you mm-hmm. alone because it's really, uh, There's so much to talk about, but one of the things I ask everyone on the show is what's your message to people that are, you know, it's beautiful to see because you all are in kind of different aspects, Um, someone who wants to be a professional, uh, who wants to be an educator, someone who wants to work in the industry, what's your message to the people that might be one step or ten steps behind you or just discovering that this is a huge industry filled with professional, strong, like, intelligent amazing women um what's your message to the the people that are looking up to y'all to to take the next step
2: if you're the smartest person in the room go to a different room (laughs) you're in the wrong one honestly it's uh As soon as you kind of get over one learning curve and, man, you think you've got it figured out, that's the time to take a step back and find someone smarter than you. Because I guarantee they are out there and that's how you continue to get better. Um, That's how you continue to make connections. We've already talked about how this is the people business. Um, You seek out smart people to learn from who want to set you up for success. They'll give you the information and they'll help connect you with the right people.
4: Yeah, I pride myself on being the dumbest person here because it helps all the listeners and helps everyone because I ask all these questions that you all probably know off the top of your head, but I I think my stupidity helps my success. (laughs) Kylie? I think
0: from a a student perspective and someone that's going to school or is interested maybe one day in, in entering the industry, it's just there's endless opportunity. I mean, there's opportunity every time you turn around um, you just have to be willing to take them um, and it takes work and it takes time and um, college isn't always fun, I mean internships aren't always fun but it's like pushing yourself past that part where you didn't know about it or you didn't think you liked it um, and those make for the best experiences in the ends so you just have to take the opportunity when it's there. and um, yeah, make the most of it, work hard, and, and that's really, I mean, anyone can do it. I tell people in class, these freshmen that come in, and I don't know anything about this, or I didn't know anything about it, but I was willing to learn, and I, I found lots of people who were a whole lot smarter than I was, and I just tried to soak up everything that I could from them. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would echo the same thing. Uh, mentorship has been something that's been very key learning aspect for me over, years and years Um, and I think from that you know identify people that can you aspire to be like you know people that they've done things that you want to do or they're in an industry that you want to be a part of and ask questions just if they're doing something that you're not sure what they're doing ask them about it and they will be glad to tell you what they're doing and and what they did to get there Um, and I think just being intentional with those mentorships and relationships that you form Um, you know we are in the people business and so I think you know, building those strong networks of folks, not in just your industry, but you know, multiple industries that all connect in the end, I think is really important.
4: Well, three of the many unstoppable people here at the Certified Angus Beef Conference, <laughs> they have pounds all around. Uh, it, it really is an honor to, to get to sit down with you all, and I'm, I'm very thankful for the staff here who have been kind of hurting all of us uh, not not to use a pun but uh, but but getting us all to sit down together because i could probably interview all i don't know 6 700 people here uh, and and get a great story out of it so i really appreciate you taking the time and uh, you know i hope the the rest of the night is good and let's go uh, let's go raise some money for colvin yeah let's do it thank you
2: thanks for thank having you. us yeah here they call me the come in and meat y'all see
4: me
1: eat now on the meet man you all to see me eating now I got jaws like a bat trap teeth like a razor I made tack tongue with a sensitive taster I was born out in Texas called the land of beef Never catch a muscle greener Showin' the hell like a meet The meat
2: man